variable. Welcome, this is another episode of That Sports Shot, episode number 14. With me is Jackie, Sam, and Michael Stites. This one is all about The Last Dance. Fellas, lady, how are we doing? Thanks, Clyde. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm doing alright. Uh, a little sad that The Last Dance is over, but uh, honestly, I have a lot to say on the documentary as a whole so i'm excited for this little uh <laughs> breakdown that we're doing here it's the last day it provided a little bit of structure in our lives every sunday you could sit down in front of the television and watch two new episodes it was nice for the five weeks that we had it it was something to look forward to um it was the closest thing we had to live sports aside from the kbo but and the ufc and the bundesliga too yeah. don't forget the bundesliga that just started yes isn't golf on too recent Yes, plenty to talk about. Oh yeah, it was like five different movies put into one like long one. Like it's really just one long documentary split up and like to think that like the editors and the people behind that spent so much time on it, it's like kind of baffling. I do think that the coronavirus definitely benefited Michael Jordan in a sense. Where it's like because there's no sports going on. I mean, I mean that's a strange way to phrase it, but because there's no sports going on, like this documentary was getting coverage on ESPN for hours a day. Like, like they probably would have talked about it if all sports were going on, but this was a like a constant topic. They talk about this documentary on on Sports Center at a time. It's ridiculous. Well, can you imagine what it would have been like if LeBron was like rolling through the finals right now, like rolling through the NBA playoffs right now while this um, documentary was being dropped week by week? I well, mean, it was supposed to come out in June, right? Initially, probably. Yeah, I think I believe so. I think it would have so received just as much hype as Jordan and like the in-depth look at like stuff we haven't seen before. What what would have happened is LeBron probably would have made the finals, which yes, I believe they would have made the finals and won. I mean, I I at least think LA was going to win, and then the the documentary would have come out and it would have been more of a hot topic, I think, or the debate aspect of it would have been a hot topic. Yeah, as of right now, I feel like people are just kind of talking, saying, "Stop the debates." There is no debate. <laughs> Jordan's the goat. I don't know, but, but going off of that, I do think it's interesting that Jordan only gave the the green light for the documentary after LeBron and the Cavs came back because that's what's really hilarious about this documentary. It's they've had this footage of that season for such a long time, but Jordan never wanted to, to do anything with it until LeBron came back against Golden State in 2016, and then he said, "Okay, I want to go ahead and make this documentary now because people are starting to." like LeBron a bit more than me. I think that's really fascinating. And even though it puts him in a bad light in a few moments, I really think this is framed to make Jordan... I mean, he, he was very dominant, but I think it puts him in an even more dominant light than it should have. I, I, I don't think... I think it, it discredits the team 
and the organization as a whole more than it should. I can Yeah, I feel like, especially most recently, I, th- I, I think um, th- there were games when, like, definitely other players shined, um, especially in that last finals. Like, Tony Kukoc definitely, I don't think, got enough coverage. Um, not he, he got the raw end of the deal. Um, when this thing was all made out. I think him and um, Kraus were sort of both really, really overlooked their significance towards um, these runs. And it, it's too bad because their roles were really, really downplayed. And it was kind of made to look like it was like a one-man, you know, team one-man journey, um, that it was just Jordan. Meanwhile, like, Tony Kukoc was dropping, like, 20 game all throughout the finals. And, like, he's a, he's a piece that you don't win without. So, I mean, I agree. I agree. It was a big part of that team, for sure. I thought the funniest thing was when ESPN put out the poll, um, I think right after, or probably during. Oh, that poll was so stupid. Did you see how they made that poll? It's 600 people. All right, so it's they they did it with 600 people. Half of it was 18 to 34-year-olds, and half of it was 35 and up. Every, I mean, one, they, they tested the all of these things. They tested were better sneaker, better sneaker to ball in, pick or sneaker for fashion, then sneaker to ball in, pick for a game-winning shot, come through in the clutch, spectacular to watch, better player overall. NBA was better all was NBA was better all around. Win one on one to twenty one, top pick to start a team, better offensive player, better look, have a drink with. Choose a teammate, positive impact off court, better defensive player, better passer, trust trust to pass you the ball, and everybody voted for MJ over LeBron in every single category. I don't think he's in every single category, and that just makes me think that this poll was very selective. Like, who are these 600 people that were chosen? I know, like, there's a an age demographic for it, but where did they find these people? Are they all, like, from Illinois or something like that? I don't... Like, I, I, I don't get it. And I just think it, it's a weird that it's such a small sample size, too. It doesn't seem like it's a – they haven't talked about it that much since that day either, probably because it's not – it's probably not a super accurate poll. Like, I don't – Just make it a regular Twitter poll anyone can vote on. Yeah. Just do something weird. Because, like, I mean, you talk about, like – wait, read – there are some really, really obscure ones. Like, have a beer with? I would never want to have a beer with Michael. Who is Lee. more, like, spectacular or something like that? What kind of question is that? What defines? I don't, I don't understand, like, the questions. And they tried I to make it sound like a one. big deal on the sports center the next day. And I was just, I was like, what the hell is, what are these questions? This doesn't tell me anything new. I mean, some of it did. I mean, not all of it was basketball, like, purely basketball skill-related and numbers-wise. But I think the overall one, like, stuck out to me a lot because uh, I can't find it. It was 73 to 20 to 27 percent. That, but that being said, though, I mean, I, 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 I see that as a small sample of the in millions of NBA Jordan fans. is still definitely a better uh, basketball player than LeBron, in my opinion, but I, it's not that wide of a margin, and I don't think that um, – I mean, it probably was, is, was a, a biased poll. I don't know if you guys have learned much about how polling is done, particularly in, in politics. You can just take a very uh, biased sample easily and 
skew the results versus what the general population actually thinks you know no oh, yeah i know i like, that's why i want to i want to like find a, out more where these people are from because if they're all over that's the what co- I know if too. they're all that's over the know. country it has more if it's all over the country it has more credibility the age the age difference between like splitting it half and half it already helps but there needs to be more known about how they did it well, the other thing, too, is that right after the documentary, the young people are might already turn a bit towards Jordan. And I don't think there's that many people over 35 that are going to say LeBron James over Jordan, no matter what. I know I have a few friends that are, like, that are strict. Sure. I have a few friends that are strict LeBron fans, and they make good points about how most of them that are, are only LeBron fans purely because they just never saw Jordan. And only like saw the highlights. Like no, like you can understand like some older, older fans who grow up with him and watched him night after night and in person. And it's just like that. It's a different feeling. And then that's how like younger like this generation feels with LeBron. But like I feel like, I see, what I saw in that documentary. I just see stuff that Jordan does that LeBron doesn't, which is a little more. Like, within, like, when he goes up for a layup and he spins or he just hangs up there for so long, like, you don't see LeBron doing that as much. You know what I mean? Like, LeBron has a different set of, set of skills and a different type of athleticism. Well, yeah. also, when you talk about, like, younger people starting to switch their focus, like, I consider myself a sports fan, but not necessarily a basketball fan. And because this was the only thing on, really, at the time and the only new thing, and, like, I know who Michael Jordan was, obviously. Like, I decided to watch it, so... Obviously, it's drawing a lot of people to, or at least, like, what Jordan actually did and how good he actually was for a generation that never really got to watch him. So, like, I I have not seen LeBron play, like, a full basketball game, but all I know is, like, I'm definitely a fan of Jordan after watching that because, like, you just have to admire how good he was as a player. So I can see people's opinions, especially in our generation, for sure, changing after seeing that documentary and after, like, watching LeBron play for most of their lives. Yeah, the documentary definitely, sh- even, like, just hardcore basketball fans that are our age, mm-hmm. like the kids that haven't seen Jordan play, it really, not even just, like, the the highlights and, like, the drama within the games, it really emphasized his... Uh, the really competitive aspects of his life mm-hmm. and how he didn't just put that into basketball but into everything like they were saying that like he would play a game with pool or a game of pool with a person and he wouldn't stop playing until he lost or something like that and just like how he took grudges like so far and brought them onto the court and it's something that you don't see like that you wouldn't really hear about about any other player just by watching basketball or watching sports news or something like that. It's like the inside stuff that you only get from a documentary like this. Yeah. Perhaps my favorite part of the entire documentary is um, it has to be the whole Isaiah Thomas thing. Yeah, um, I agree. Their feud it's, the it's, it's unfortunate because I think Isaiah Thomas could have gone down all-time top three-point guard. Um, but you know, he is so vilified by this, you know, entire documentary and by the entire, like the entire struggle he always had with Jordan. And it wasn't just him. It was the entire Detroit Pistons team. Oh yeah. The thing is, there is no such, like there will never be another Detroit Pistons in the NBA. But I mean, the, the guy, like if you start to compare people to Michael Jordan, you can't because those guys never had to go through what Jordan went through with, um, 
the Detroit Pistons. Like you, you could watch those series, and you could call out like so many like flagrant fouls that would get players ejected in the. I was even calling fouls, and I never watched a full basketball game in my life, and I just that wasn't legal. You can't do things on the court now that you were able to do back then you can get like ejected some like serious flagrant twos for like the ways that they were pushing jordan in midair even like when you push someone in midair like they get so mad now and it's a flagrant it's, two. It's, it's extremely it's you never know how they're gonna fall or you never know how they're gonna there was that what was it there was a moment in the playoffs last year when um al horford was in midair trying to hit a layup and someone pushed him I forget what round it was. It might have been against the I remember that as well. But, Someone, um, I saw that. I, like, I remember that too. It almost started like a fight or something like that. But that happened all the time in like the late 80s, early 80s. No, yeah. Like did, like the time that it's Pippen just, got absolutely derailed by... Was. Yeah, like when Pippen got absolutely railed yeah, by yeah. Rodman. He, but Nowadays, I thought the cooler thing was... Like a bench-clearing brawl. Yeah, I thought the cooler thing was that, like, some of his players got mad and almost did stuff, but then they went over to him. He didn't do a single thing, got up, and went and, like, and bawled the fuck out. Like, he just went out there and did it and, and, and murdered the team. Yeah. He just said, all right, you're going to do this to me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go murder you in the game. Yeah, I'm not convinced that Jordan didn't. Um, he said that it, w- it wasn't just him, but I t- believe I there's reports out that have said that he had the final say on who was on the team. I'm pretty he sure he left Isaiah off the team. The Jordan rules. I mean, it was either you either get Jordan or Isaiah. You don't get yeah. both. So of course you're gonna take exactly. Jordan. I mean, I don't. I know. mean, like, there's no reason that that Christian Leitner should be on the team over Isaiah Thomas. As much as I love my Duke boy, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it it doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't think if you're like if you're like the head of the USA Basketball Committee to like want both of them on, knowing they have that like distinct anger and hate for each other, despite how much they may respect each other. Oh, for sure. I don't know that you'd want both of them, so you just kind of had to pick one. And well, Jordan well, is the man. That's what they tried the to imply. That's what they tried to imply a bit, that, like, even if he was on the team, it would have caused problems. Yeah. But it still doesn't really deny the fact that, like, Jordan probably said, hey, like, Isaiah Thomas isn't going to be on this team when he clearly deserved to play. He was definitely a top 10 NBA player at that time. Well, the funny thing about it is, like, people act like it was such a major... Okay, Isaiah Thomas got left off the dream team, but you you know the USA was still going to beat any team by like fifty. The four of us could have been on that dream team, and we would have been gold medalists. But I mean, it was it's like okay, it sucks for Isaiah Thomas, but it couldn't have not have been that hard of a decision because you have to ask what it really needed. You have like legend after legend after legend on that team. The '92 dream team didn't call a single timeout during the Olympics, which I think is the most absurd statistic ever. I did not know they that. They didn't call a single timeout. <laughs> I no, thought it was funny. There's no reason for them to stop playing and say like, "Hey, let's let's regroup and figure something out." No, no, they were just dominating everyone. <laughs> I thought it was funny how they took like the Kukos talked like to heart and like absolutely went and just like wrecked him. And was like, yeah, not, yeah, it wasn't like, Tony Kukos they just did, at all. That was all Kraus. No, was yeah, like, they were mad at Kraus because they already had beef a little bit with Pippen, and Jordan's like on Pippen's side, so he was like, "All right, we're gonna go not let this kid do anything and make Kraus look bad." Going back to the Kraus thing, what are your opinions on him? Because I think it this documentary was complete slander of Kraus, and I yeah, believe I that Jordan probably. Like- 
I don't know if it was like complete slander, but he definitely got the short end of the stick. Like they didn't do enough on him to find out if like how much they all hated them, hated him was actually valid or not. Like there were little snippets of like things that he did and like some things that he said, but there wasn't enough to actually form an opinion on him. I don't have a fair advantage because he's dead. Likes him for sure and might even probably hates him. But the document, what I've noticed is that they take all of Jordan's opinions in this doc and they just roll with it. They just frame the story based off of what Jordan thinks. And I don't think that's fair to Krauss, especially because he can't defend himself. He hasn't been alive since like what, 2003, 2002? Right? Something like that? Around there. I I forget what. I don't remember when he died. I mean, he still built that team. They wouldn't, Jordan has, can thank at least like three or four of his rings for Jerry Krauss for one, getting Rodman, drafting Pippen, getting like all of the other guys there, like uh, Armstrong, Kerr, Boris Grant. Yeah, I mean, didn't Jordan all, say he, he wanted did a great job building that team? Didn't Jordan say? No, wait. Jordan said the one thing that surprised me. Like, go for it. Sorry, I, I, yeah, go for it, Jackie. No, you cut out. I didn't hear you. Sorry, I yeah, <laughs> I I like didn't keep talking. I like had a thought and it like went out of my mind. Go ahead. Okay, I'm just surprised at how well. Um... Oh damn it! I don't know if I can curse. Um, I'm just surprised how well like Dennis Rodman and Michael Jordan got along, considering their personalities on the court were completely opposite. I thought the most interesting part of the documentary was the part about like Rodman. Like Oh, for sure. Like he was the best defensive player that they had, even though he half the time didn't show up, but somehow on the court, him and Jordan just got along and dominated. Like that to me still perplexes me. They were completely opposite, but Michael Jordan was still able to work with them. I think like he didn't care. Yeah, I think probably my favorite scene of the documentary is when um, Dennis Rodman goes to, like, the WWE for the night, misses practice, and then comes back the next game, and then there's just, like, a montage of Dennis Rodman offensive rebounds. <laughs> just, like, who, how can you do that? And still yeah. perform at that level and just, the like... The Vegas I, story is too good, too. Just the fact that he went to Vegas for, what was... It was supposed oh, yeah, to for, like, two days. days? And then it was three or four, and Jordan had to, like, scoop him out of a hotel room and then brought him to practice and Rodman still outworked everyone. That's absurd. That was my favorite part of the doc. I mean, Rodman's already such an interesting dude. I, I was hoping they talk about uh, North Korea a little bit. Not even for too long, just a bit. Oh, yeah, my dad told me that, and I didn't believe him. I said, you're totally joking, and he's like, I'm not joking. He went to North Korea. Yeah, he... Yeah. I forgot him about that. Him are boys. But of course he did. He's why we're not at war with North Korea. Rodman, our our ambassador, <laughs> our ambassador. U.S. ambassador for North Korea. Um, yeah, I thought all of the. I wish they had put him in it in it more because he's just such an interesting yeah. he's so person. Interesting. He doesn't really do much off the court, but on the he led the league in rebounding for like five or six straight years. It's there were like zero point games with twenty rebounds. Yeah, how do you? How do you average three points a game and like eighteen rebounds? You can get like at least a couple putbacks or something. I don't understand how that possible. I just loved hearing him talk too. Like hearing him talk about like that team, like when they did like the interviews. Like I just found it so entertaining. 
And he was just like, yeah, like, when I'm not there, like, don't worry about it. Because I'll give 100% when I'm on the court. And then they would just show, like, these entire reels of him just dominating people on defense. And I'm just like, how does this man not show up to practice and not seem to care? Yet he's so much better than everyone else. It's like... Yeah, I think all of the... all of the off-court stuff in, in the doc, I think, was the coolest part. Like, being able to see them on the planes, like, playing. Who was the player that he called out for, like, partying and cheating on his girlfriend or something like that? Who was that? Was that... Uh... That was Rodman. No, it was someone else. It was a, it was a different... What's his... Uh... Scott Burrell? Wait. Scott Burrell. It was Scott Burrell, Burrell. right? Oh, yeah. yeah well, he was no, all like, like oh, you're partying too much or whatever. He's, he's like, dude, not cool. Like, he is a dick to his teammates. That's yeah. the the one thing that... like, I, like I'm not sure that much. I'm not sure in that part right there he was being a dick. It was more or less just being funny. Like No, but people... I mean, social media reacted to that like he's a dick, though. I mean, that's... It's one thing to joke about stuff like that, but it's another thing to expose someone on but here's camera. The thing. You just said it, Sam. Michael Jordan. I mean, can I mean, a joke, and it can be a joke to Michael Jordan, but nobody else is allowed to take it as a joke because every everyone else has to listen to what Jordan says. Because Jordan can say like, "What was the thing?" Like Jordan said, "Like this guy's not allowed to eat because he had a terrible game today." If you're the dude responsible for serving food and Michael Jordan makes that joke, you're probably not going to feed the guy because you're too scared that he's no. not being serious. He has so much influence over everything. Yeah. He can be joking and like he, he can know he's joking, but if you're actually there in that moment, you're not allowed to take it as a joke because you have to actually like listen to what he says. Like, and yeah. when they did like the interviews, it was still unclear to me, I don't know about you guys, whether he was being a dick for the sake of being a dick or whether he was being a dick because he thought it would bring the best out of his teammates. Like, I know he said it maybe one or two times, but I wasn't, like, so convinced. Like, when he's, like, cursing him out and stuff at practice? That kind of yeah. thing? Oh, that's... I'm fine with that. I don't care. If I was his well, teammate, like the I overall, wouldn't Well, his overall behavior towards his teammates, I'm not 100% convinced that it was just to make them better. Kobe did the same I, thing. I think... Not to the extent of Michael Jordan, though. Sorry, I yeah. think the answer to that question for me is, I think at the end of episode eight, it ends with him saying, if you don't want to play that way, fine. Then he ends up like choking up like in tears because people don't want to play, like, play and give like everything that he gives. So I think that answers the question. I think he does do it, um, not not to be a dick, but you know, to, to really get the best out of his players because I think that's the most powerful, powerful scene in the documentary. Like, where he's talking about, like, he's giving us his manifesto, and that's how, like, episode eight ends before we get to the final weekend. It's him talking about why he plays, how, why he acts the way that he does, and, you know, he, he starts to get really emotional when um, he realizes that other people don't exactly want to play that way. Um, but it is their choice. He acknowledges that it's their choice, but he chooses to act the way he does because he wants to get the most out of his teammates and win. So, yeah. I think it's a. Uh a bit of both like i think he's obviously obnoxious in practices and during games probably because he wants to win and he wants to get the best out of his teammates but it just seems like he generally wasn't the most easygoing person to hang out with in general from like the like all the off-court stuff too i mean he's a crazy gambler too super competitive does not seem like a person you want to hang out with in in my opinion at least i'm surprised they didn't interview his family more yeah they didn't talk like, to his mom too much. Got, like, one sentence from his sons and his daughter that's it 
They were they, barely in it. They were only in like the last episode, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's they true. Really chose not to be in it. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I think is? Uh, you know what I think is crazy? At how good defense was back then, like or, like like compared to today, like teams are putting up over hundred points night in and night out practically. And I think de- like there's obviously a big skill set to that, and like three pointer three point shooting has become a big thing. But the defense back then was like a lot more hard. Like we've already talked about how like they practically like tried to beat Jordan up in the finals that or the playoffs that one time or those couple times against Pits- the Pistons. But in that '98 game six, the thing that sticks out to me the most is he had 45 points and the rest of his team had 42. Well, that's like insane to me personally. Well, Pippen didn't play. That was one thing. That was part of it, at least. They were a, li- a bit shorthanded. Yeah, he was a decoy. Not the whole, yeah. not the whole time though. It was like what, like for like the most of the third and second quarter. He was a decoy for like. Most it was good for the first. Quarter. It, it, it was most of the game, I think. I think it was in the second quarter he went down. Yeah, he was out for a while. I think it wasn't, and then he came back. Or no. I don't know if he was out for that long, but I think he kept leaving and coming back. Yeah. yeah. It was a but um. One thing I'd say to argue the the defense thing though is that it's not that the players are really soft. It's more just like the rules of the game have changed. You can't do certain things. Like I'm convinced that if if Patrick Beverly played in the '90s, he would be pushing people left and right. He's such a pest. Marcus so Smart would definitely Draymond? play like that. Draymond, oh Draymond in the '90s would be so much fun. <laughs> Imagine Boogie. Imagine Boogie he, in the 90s. If he's, he probably if he's wouldn't healthy. have gotten suspended. No, he wouldn't have. <laughs> you know? I mean... No, I, I see what you mean there. Like, it's it's like a mixture of both. Like, Perimeter defense is way better now, too, for sure. Like, that's the one thing that people say about Jordan playing in the in this era. that he, Because there's so much iso ball, he would... um He'd score way more points because he'd be able to, like, burn by people and long ones i'm not convinced by that the way that players play now they're so much more athletic and they're just quicker with lateral movements teams were way bigger back then and they couldn't play on the perimeter like yeah if jordan was up against like a typical like small forward from the 1990s that isn't as fast like sure yeah he'd be able to burn by him but i'm not convinced that if like Kawhi leonard covered him all the time like they had like most teams nowadays have like a decent amount of wing players to switch on to stars. So I'm not convinced that he would be much better in terms of getting to the rim now versus then. Fair. That's at least one thing that I've heard. Like some people are, are saying that like, oh, if he played now, he'd be averaging like 40, 45 a game. I I still think he would. I mean, most most times now like you he's still a two guard, so he's not the, the only thing I'd say is that because like you're gonna have bigger guys on the court, and those guys are gonna cover on from them. the other team that are big. They're gonna cover them. They're not gonna send like a Kawhi out on them until like maybe the fourth quarter. I don't know. It it depends. It depends. Because Jordan's a big two guard. I just think that um the only thing that I I'd say is that he'd probably draw a lot more fouls, and he gets the line more, and he'd probably score a lot more off of uh, free throws. I think he'd be like a better version of Harden that would play defense. Not from the three. Not from the three. Like, the rest of his game. He's not a good three-point shooter either. Or he's not a great three-point shooter. He wouldn't be... I mean, maybe he would teach himself how to do that because it's a more important aspect of the game now, but... Wait, what? It's hard to say. Did you say he's not a good three-point shooter? 
he's not as good as like the players now. What do you shoot career like 34, 33? 33. It's not great for today's game at least. Yeah. His best his best season he was 500. That was 95. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think not a great I remember I think um Ben told me that. I think he had like the best three-point percentage of a final series in NBA history. I think it was 98. It was one of them. Um, but that's, like, besides the point. Like, I know he's not the best three-point shooter, but he was better than the than most than a few others on his team. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like this, like, the one little snarky comment, like, LeBron had, whether it was, like, this past, like, the past few months or I forget when it was. But he, like, talked about the times where, like, other other guards or point guards hit, like, the game-winning shots or, like, the big shots. But, like, Jordan's the one who passed them the ball. And he, and now you can see, like, he told Curry, like, yo, I'm giving you the ball. You're going to make this fucking shot. Like. I don't know. Because it's, like, a, it's a strategy. It's not, like, because, like, you're going to put your – you're going to say, okay, Michael, go get the game-winning shot with two guys cover, covering you all over. Like, you're getting double-teamed. Like, it's not, like, you can be Michael Jordan, but that's still, like, not a high chance of making a shot and winning the game like that. Yeah, I mean, I still don't like to knock LeBron for not taking those shots, like the Ray Allen one and the Kyrie one. Because, I mean, obviously, like, it's a better... It's I mean, it it's better to have the ball in their hands anyways because they're both such amazing jump shooters. But, I don't know, I... No, yeah, it also I, I like think to an extent consistent track record of shot. Yeah, the point. Like, like Steve Kerr has the best uh, three point percentage of all time, right? I don't know that. He might. I'm pretty sure he does. I'm pretty sure it's him, and then Reggie yeah, Miller, right? and then Reggie Miller, and then Steph Curry for best all time three point percentage. Yeah, it's Steve Curry. He's at four five four. Yeah, so he's an amazing. I mean, it, it makes sense to give him the ball for that shot. But he's all. But it's also a part of the strategy because they knew. Because in that instance, they want like everybody thinks Jordan's gonna get the ball because he's so clutch. Like, there's a difference between being just a great shooter and then being clutch. I don't know. I think it's a team sport, though. It's a hard it is. Thing. It's, it's a hard thing to say. I mean, it's a team sport, but it's the one team sport where one or two guys can determine like so you, many different things. But you need those those guys no matter what, whether or not it's specifically LeBron James or Jordan who passed them the ball, you need those guys to, yeah. to be there. No, that's what I'm saying. Cause like, no Jordan, what. that's what I'm saying. Cause like LeBron's like, everybody's like knocking me for not being as clutch as Jordan. But like, he was like, well, he passed Kerr and Pax in the ball, but it's like, well, that's part of the game plan. It's part of playing as a team. And I just think it's ironic. Cause the biggest clutch shot that LeBron is involved with is him missing and Allen getting the, sh- the game winning shot. Like, to me, that's just, like, like kind of ironic. And the fact that in 98 for Jordan, he comes up clutch twice because he reads the defensive play that's going to happen, and he steals the ball, and then goes down, makes him miss one-on-one, and hits the game-winning shot. And to me, that's, like, something that we don't see LeBron do as much. Besides the block, the chase-down block, which I still think Andre probably should have dunked it, to be honest. But. What do you guys think of the... Uh, the uh... Steve Kerr section in the, in the I think he was the most likable character of the entire series. Yeah, oh, I, I got I did not well. I did not know that happened to him and I got so sad so quick. I gained so much respect really for Steve Kerr. I mean, I already liked him, but I like him even more now after hearing that story. You want to like him even more now? Listen, 
So when that all happened, not 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 enough people know this story. When that all happened, he was at Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. Back then and still to this day, Arizona versus Arizona State, uh, huge rivalry. You know, it, it's not unlike Steve Kerr to like you lose your father. People could definitely say, you know, take some time off, you know, do whatever you got to do to make sure you're right. But of course, he wanted to go out there and play. The game right after his dad died. If it wasn't right after, it was soon after. Um, they're playing at Arizona State, and he goes to the free throw line for two clutch free throws. And the Arizona State um, fans start chanting Beirut. Ooh. Really? That's yeah. that's so that's so messed up. That doesn't sit right with me. That's like oh, actually Jesus. Yeah, I love Steve Kerr. He's cool. Like I don't even think like Dallas fans would do something. That's if awful. I'm on if I'm on that Arizona team, and I hear those fans start chanting that, you better believe I'm like running into the stands and throwing haymakers. If like, I'm, you walk out of that arena, you don't play that game. Screw that. Jeez. Nah, if I'm if I'm an Arizona student in that section, I'm walking the, I'm walking out of yeah. that section immediately because that's just so messed up. That's like terrible. Sorry. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I like him more now. <laughs> that section of the dock was really good. I thought. What's mm-hmm. an, I'm trying to think of other parts that I, I thought. I, lo- I was... loved his speech. I loved his um when they did the the parade speech. I loved his speech. It was like so that was genuine. Funny. It was funny. Yeah, I have to bail Jordan out again. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think of the uh, the um, Horace Grant stuff that came out recently about him saying that it was all that him being the mole for the book was a lie and stuff like that. And that he thinks that a lot of the stuff in the doc was inaccurate. I'm not aware of the situation. So, uh, um, I know I what you're saying. Was. There was the episode that covered the um, Jordan Rules book and how there's a mole in the locker room yeah. talking about how Jordan oh, did. Oh, yeah. I, so, I kind of remember what you're talking So, they about. said that it was, So, Jordan said in the documentary, he's like, I know that it was Horace Grant. And they never really asked. Horace Grant about it when they interviewed him or at least they didn't really show much of it in in the documentary so he didn't have a chance to really defend himself too much even though he was featured as like I thought he said it was bullshit he said well well, so he said it was bullshit on Twitter I don't remember if he said anything in, in the documentary but he came out or not on Twitter I think it was on like some other show I saw something on Twitter about it it was he went on some other show and he was like yeah, that never happened. I wasn't like the snake. It was someone else. A lot of the stuff in the documentary isn't what it seems. It's all from Michael's perspective, blah, blah, blah. And he also went on to say that he was a snitch for that thing that Jordan said in the first episode about the coke and the weed in the hotel room. Oh, yeah. Which in hindsight, I, even though it was a drug-infested league at that point i think it's a little weird that they mentioned it like it's a little out of left field they didn't really need to say that it didn't add much to the documentary and it was just a strange story i think it was like one of those things where it adds to him like looking like i'm like an angel more or less he's a party animal though he went to atlantic city the night before a playoff game but like, like when he was younger, like he was like supposed to act all innocent before he like had all this fame and stuff. You know what I mean? Because he's an it was a young and he was early in his rookie season. Um, the I think the flu game story is a little 
cheeky too. There's something weird about that. The guy that owned the uh, the pizza shop came out. It was a Pizza Hut. Uh, was Pizza Hut? <laughs> That's not. Oh my god. The guy said that it wasn't five people at the door. It was two people at the door, and he didn't even have five people working that late at night at the time. <laughs> and he said that they did not poison the pizza. Now, he didn't deny that maybe it was the pizza's fault, but he said that... No, yeah, he still could have legitimately... He could have easily just gotten food poisoning from Pizza Hut. Like, yeah, I mean, that's not the most unrealistic thing in the world, but they tried to they tried to frame it that they... That they someone poisoned him, yeah. They didn't say it, but you can tell that they definitely implied it, but they didn't know for sure. sure. I mean, you can definitely see it on the court that he just wasn't, like, okay. Like and, he went, he went off, that. but like he no, was. No, I believe that he was yeah. sick for sure because it looked like Scotty Pippen like had to carry him off the court. Like so, yeah. I believe it. But he could have just as easily gotten food. He probably just got food poisoning. I don't think they tried to poison him. <laughs> no, I don't think they did either. Salt Lake City is that? Come on. I think. I think it's just that it's like a tiny bit of a Hollywood side to it, and whoever and like people just saying oh let's let's spice it up a little bit that's that's all it was because they characterized salt lake city that had these like insane fans like they are like like so it just went along with it saying oh yeah these guys are insane they would definitely poison michael jordan so here we go we're not gonna say that but we're gonna imply it fans are beyond crazy but i mean well Clay, the thing is, is that you say that it's like Hollywoodifying it, kind of. But the problem is, is that the way that, especially because there's nothing else on right now, and this is on people's minds so much, people are treating this documentary as the truth. Oh, I know, I know. I know. Well, because when people hear the word documentary, they think that it should have the truth. But like, it's clearly framed in a very specific way. It's a biased and, documentary. Yes, yeah, but Jordan has a very heavy influence on the people, you know. Interestingly, Scottie Pippen apparently came out and released a statement about the entire Jordan doc. This is a tweet from Bleacher Report 22 minutes ago. I, so, wait, so he hadn't said anything up to that point, I don't think. And that was a big deal that he hadn't said a single thing about the doc until apparently now. Scottie Pippen so angry and beyond livid at Michael Jordan for Last Dance portrayal. Huh. Wow. Where's, I, oh, that's good I didn't think it portrayed him well at all. I couldn't believe because one, he was barely in it. It didn't praise him very well. Well, you got to think at the same time, did he deserve our our, our praise? Because I mean, you got to think about the Tony Kuko shot. Who the hell sits out? Yeah, I mean, I mean that scenario it was the bad guy, but I don't think he wins as much as he does without Scotty Pippen. I mean, he's no, a very he important not. part of the team. I mean, Michael, actually, Michael admits that. Shown as the victim with this whole contract dispute. And- yeah, for sure. And, I, um, think, I, I didn't. Yeah, at, for sure. With the whole contract dispute, Scotty, he was definitely the victim. Like there was no peace. There was n- no thought that crossed my mind as I was watching that, thinking that he was like greedy or money hungry at all. No. And that was the thing with the with the end too, when when Jordan said that he knew that everyone would sign on for one more year. I'm not convinced that Scotty Pippen would have stayed. Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh, Sam, you got cut off. 
There he goes. <laughs> He's just frozen. <laughs> <laughs> I can... To finish his thought, he's not so sure that Scottie Pippen stays for a seventh championship. Oh. But... Yeah. He I... did say that he would have to convince Scottie to stay. That yeah, he, he did say that. He would sign on. He said like he would have to convince him. Yeah. I think with the whole thing, I think Scotty got like a little unlucky with his contract because he was he signed at like a market somewhat like a decent what's I'm going back. on you're back okay we we kind of finished your statement do you want to go ahead and finish it there for, there for you so what i was trying to say is that i'm not convinced that he would have come back i mean he had to make his money and they weren't going to pay him a long-term contract for sure they didn't want to keep them all there anyways one year deals for everybody so but i don't but i mean we, i don't think i mean what if scotty pippen gets hurt after one year he's definitely considering that he wants to sign a big contract and I don't think the Bulls wanted to sign him for multiple years at that point. He was he was gone no matter what. Rodman yeah. played for two more years after that, and he played about 15 games in both of those years. I'm pretty sure he was done. I think the best-case scenario would have been you get Jordan with a couple of like the other pieces, like Kukoc, maybe Steve. He got traded halfway through that year. And Kukoc got traded halfway through that next season. So I'm not convinced that they would have won. Jordan did like we we brought up the fact Jordan did say that he knew it would take convincing for Pippen though, like it wasn't just oh we would all sign back and win another championship. I think it's just he's putting words in a lot of people's mouth when he says that, and you didn't hear anyone else say that they would have signed for the extra year, but people are taking that to heart. Like I don't know if any of you watched it live, yeah, but immediately afterwards SVP had uh, Will Bond on SportsCenter. And he's like, yeah, I mean, Michael told me all the time, like, like he thinks that he could have won one more and, like, he would have gotten Pippen and Rodman on board. And I'm like, well, hold on a second. They didn't – Pippen and Rodman didn't say that. You're just – just yeah, Michael just said that. guaranteeing himself a seventh theoretical ring. There was a lot of things that Jordan said that – people are going to believe because Michael Jordan said it and he has so much influence, probably the most iconic basketball player of all time, like without a doubt, people are going to believe what he says because of that. But One I don't of think the most iconic athletes overall. One, oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, like the Horace Grant scenario, this thing, the hatred of Jerry Krause, this is probably the worst thing that happened to Jerry Krause's legacy, which I don't think he necessarily all deserves. He's not, there's and a, there's a, there's a, there's like a, a delightful person, but he definitely was a good GM. There yeah, was a, there was a, there was a good and bad mix between him. In my opinion, I didn't think he was. I, I don't like him that much, but I give him credit and like respect for what he did to build that he team. He built the best team of all time. But he coming out and saying before that 97, 98 season, oh, this is so and so's last year. This is it. This is yeah, that done. Was that was stu- yeah, that was yeah, that stupid. wasn't a good idea. But I still think it portrayed him in too negative. Of, uh, I don't think it gave him enough credit for what he did. I would have liked to hear more about Phil Jackson. Yeah, Phil Jackson's a weird dude. Well, he went yeah. on to win he another three. Him and Jordan, should, if this was truly about his last season, him and Jordan should have gotten equal time in that doc. Uh, we didn't hear nearly enough from Phil at all. I think the next documentary needs to be about the Lakers because that's Phil Jackson again and again winning three more rings. So just that's make the, Phil Jackson. That's the other thing, too. It's that Phil Jackson proved later that he can still win this much. He just I mean, didn't want. I he just didn't want to rebuild at all. Like he didn't want to rebuild at all. Impact on the team is well. Well, yeah, he left obviously, and he went to a, a Lakers team that was already pretty solid. 
but I mean, I just he had a big impact on that team too, and he was in it a lot. But I would have, I, I agree. I would have liked to see more of, of Phil Jackson. I think the one thing Kraus also did wrong, like not, not like totally wrong, because like you still got Jackson and you still won more championships, but was how quickly they got rid of Doug Collins after taking them to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, it, that ended up working out pretty well. Though. No, I know, but I'm saying, like, in the moment, like, I don't think moment, people should be happy about that. Because yeah. that's beside. Like, obviously, now that I say that, you can everybody can say, ooh, they want yeah. more championships. Like, well, yeah, but, like, it's a shitty thing to do in the moment is what I'm trying to say. The other thing that I thought was interesting was I always loved it when they gave Jordan the iPad. And he'd have a completely <laughs> different opinion on whatever the person said. Like, Gary Payton thing? I mean, Gary Payton's like, yeah, like, I locked down Michael for two games or whatever. And Michael gets the iPad and he starts laughing. He's like, that's not true. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, people are just going to take your word for that, that you said that now. Because you just said it's not true. Like, why can't you accept that, like, one of the best defenders of all time had a good game? <laughs> I just I thought that was so funny. And when Isaiah would say something and Michael would get the iPad and he's all the Isaiah stuff was so cool too. He it's, did say Isaiah is the best point guard of all time. He did. He did. I still think some things are crazy, like when he went up practically against a um a starting lineup of all Hall of Famers against the Celtics and puts up sixty three points. Or how sixty some points. They lost the series in four games, though. Yeah, I, I know. Like to make that I know. I know. <laughs> but, like, no, like, s- like still. The, uh, like, the here's my thing. Like, I, I, well, the sorry. golf course that Danny Ainge and uh, Jordan played at is about a half a mile from my house. It's in my neighborhood. I um. How much I is that for a little quick round of golf? I, uh, what? How much is that for a round? <laughs> It's a private course that I am not a member at. Uh, but in the winter, as a child, I would like to trespass on the course and go snow tubing. So <laughs> that was always fun. Um, no, but they played there. And I just thought it was like the next day I saw like on my Facebook, it was like, oh, I played at the golf course that Michael Jordan and Danny Ainge played at. They're talking about on last dance. I'm like, wait a second. That's like. <laughs> right there. there. Michael Jordan there. Mike, Michael Jordan played at like a million different courses. It's the same the golf course that golfer. also denied Bill Russell from joining in the 1950s, uh, which is, well, a little well, sad, but... Yeah. History. But hey, you can see history changed for good. Yes, you can. Yeah. That is true. Um, I will say, now that after watching this, I will say that if I could golf with anybody for one round, it would definitely be Michael Jordan. I'll take Larry Bird. Nah. He seems more enjoyable. <laughs> nah, I, I want to go with Michael. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet with him. I would lose. I would straight up lose every time. I wouldn't bet with him. But he's such a degenerate gambler that I feel like you could keep going double for nothing. He'd keep taking it, and maybe you get lucky like one. And round. eventually you'd win, and, and then, then you know you have his entire state. You stop right there, and he goes <laughs> insane, and he keeps asking you, and you go, "Nope, I'm taking your money." Sorry. <laughs> But the thing is, though, I wouldn't beat him. So, like, although my drive was looking pretty sharp yesterday, I'm not going to lie. I um, I think I'd want to golf with Peyton Manning. I I hear he's a fun person to golf with. Peyton Manning just seems like a fun person in general. Oh, yeah, yeah. he seems like the nicest of guys. 
I'm very excited for the, uh, the Brady Manning Mickelson Woods thing. What is that? When weekend? is that? Is that is that just them four or is that like a tournament? It's uh it's teams. It's uh it's Brady and Mickelson versus Manning and Woods. Manning and Woods are gonna own that. Probably. Yeah. It's not even gonna be close. I hate to say it. Yeah. It's weird because I love Tiger, but I can't root for Peyton Manning. <laughs> Even though he, it would be fun. Like, see, no, that's the, what that's my feeling. Like, I wish it would be Woods and Brady, and then I think Woods and then Mickelson and Manning. Like, I'd get on board with that. Fair. Woods and Brady on the same team, because I think a lot of people would root for that team. Yeah. I mean, I say that being from Massachusetts and stuff. I think <laughs> people would root for that team. One one thing I pondered that like a lot of people so like I know like Bleacher Report kicks like started talking about. What if MJ signed with Adidas? Is Nike as big as it is today, or is Adidas number one? I wanted to hear more about that. I thought that was so, like... they could, Yeah, they didn't talk about that too much. That was a really important part of his career, like his endorsements and stuff like that. They like, could have done a whole episode on just his endorsements and all that stuff. That's where he that makes a lot of it. could have been more than a 10-part episode sort of thing, but... There's a lot of stuff that was left out. But, like, for real, like, do you guys think Adidas would be, like, that number one? Do you think that everybody was one, wants the three stripes, or does everybody still go with the swoosh? Like, does it still history kind of, like, not the same, but, like, like kind of still, like, repeats itself? In terms Nike of shoes, like, it's I mean, Nike. It's not even close. I only know because my brother is, like, my brother, and he owns, like, two or three pairs of Jordans, and he, like, sells them. Um, like yeah he like buys them like when they come out and then tries to sell them uh, Some damn. but like everybody wants Nikes and everybody wants Jordans like I was just scrolling through because I was just curious just to see like like the amount of shoes that have his name on it is it's insane oh yeah I mean I think Nike is so big now that no matter what they'd probably still be at least the second biggest brand even if they didn't sign Jordan I think that uh who is it? Uh, Phil Knight. That's the guy, right? Phil Knight, the CEO uh, of Nike. I think. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he'd probably still be doing pretty good with business. Oregon would still probably have sick jerseys. Uh, you know, they'd be doing, but it's hard to say because jo- after Jordan signed with Nike, that is really when they so- jump started. Mm-hmm. And Adidas already was a very big brand at the time. That's why they, like, didn't want to sign with him. I mean, obviously, that wasn't the best choice for them. But. <laughs> uh, no. I wonder um, if somebody did the calculations just to see, like, how much money they could have made if they actually well, I thought was Michael Jordan. I think one of the funniest parts of the doc was the fact that the official shoe of the NBA in the mid-'80s was Converse. I would have oh, that that's so weird. There's yeah. literally, what, like, one or two people now? Isn't it like Kelly Oubre is the one, the one player who wears them, and like maybe somebody else? Kelly Oubre wears Converse's on the on the court. Yeah. No, we, actually. Yes. Well, they make like the like, high top colors. Converse, like the ones that they showed in like they showed like a old commercial for like it. Like regular Converse. Like, I have a pair of old Chuck Taylors. Like no, no not, like not he doesn't wear those, but his <laughs> but his shoe deal is Converse. So he has to wear Converse on the. It's yeah. not like look, the regular Converse look. like you're thinking. Right. Like okay. Converse like yeah. made like basketball shoes. Right there. Do you see? I'm sharing yeah, my screen. Do you see it? Oh, yeah. those are kind of fresh. 
Shit. Not at all. I'm pretty sure he's literally the only How one. How much are they? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's like, ooh, I want, I, I want a cop. Kelly Oubre, too. I mean, if Kelly Oubre wears them, they got to be looking nice. Kelly Oubre sucks. I hate Kelly Oubre. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I mean, I don't like him either, but I mean, the females like him, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sam. They're going to be all over you when they go, oh, you got Kelly I mean, Oubre I, shoes? I mean, honestly, I <gasps> He's so cute. They're only 70 bucks, yo. <laughs> no, like, it's always funny because my grandma always checked. talks to me about how when she played basketball, that's what they wore, which is kind of insane. I mean, when you, I mean, I noticed it watching old highlights now. Larry Bird was wearing Converse mm-hmm. in the 80s, in his yeah. prime. That's. I'm pretty sure he was in their commercial. Yeah, he was. He was in the commercial in, in the dock. Him and mm-hmm. Magic Johnson and yeah. the other players. Converse was, Converse was a big shoe in the NFL during that time, too. It wasn't literally just. I think Converse was, like, the only shoe brand. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know who made shoes, though, for, like, baseball. Because, like, it, it varied between, like, teams, like, if you were a team that played, like, in the Astrodome or the Vet, like the Phillies and Astros, you didn't have cleats because that was, like, just not dirt grass. It was, like, cement practically. And then you had, like, regular ball fields where you would wear cleats. So I'm, like, I want to know, like, I sh- I'm going to f- find this out. I want to know what type of shoes baseball players wore back then. Okay, Jordans are extremely expensive. Yes, they yes. are. Especially now. Especially, like, the older ones. Like, they can go for at least 200 bucks. Like, that's insane. I got a pair on discount at a Nike outlet last fall for, like, $70, which is more than I typically spend on shoes anyways. But I figured for Jordans, that's, like, a really good price. And they're not even nice Jordans. They're honestly not that good. They got pretty dirty pretty quickly. (laughs) And you can wash them. But still, like, they're very expensive shoes. But you buy the brand. And Jordan yeah. is the brand. I remember my brother, like, when they came out with, like, the UNC, um, like, Jordans, he woke up at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning to try and, like, buy them, and they sold out within two minutes. What I don't understand is, I don't, so, Jordan's a part of Nike. I don't, how is it that people sign with Jordan and people sign with Nike? Is there a difference? Like, are you technically signed to Nike? I, well, here's like I don't know. Thing. There was a Jordan like store in my mall, like there used to be, and I thought it was a Nike store when I walked in, but it was 23 in Jordan, and it was just like all his stuff. That's so how, I think he has yeah, his own brand. Are you technically signed to Nike if you're signed to? Because people sign with Jordan, like um, who's signed to Jordan specifically? I'm trying to Michigan. Jason Tatum is signed to Jordan specifically, not Nike. So is he? I think I'm betting I'm betting there's like a certain percentage of where proceeds go to like Jordan and whoever runs the Jordan side of it and then there's a percentage that goes straight to Nike it's interesting it's because like in the in the MLB um Yachty Yadier Molina is a Jordan is a Jordan brand player down to like yeah. even even his catcher's gear, which is pretty sick in my opinion. PSG, the the soccer team, they wear Jordan jerseys. Um, Oklahoma for football and well, their whole school and Michigan does. It's a it's really expanded. Oh no, yes. Yeah. Um, I used to think when I saw kids in Jordan cleats for baseball, they were like the big black bulky ones. They weren't like Jordan ones. I forget what they're called. I'm not that much of a shoe junkie, but like I always thought that I always thought to myself like, how do you like run around or play in them? Like I never understood that. I thought I they're like not that comfortable. 
No, they're not comfortable. Like, are Jordan 1s uh, comfortable? I was playing baseball when I had these, like, red and black Nike Swingmans, but, um, <laughs> guess not. If you're playing Jordans, you're a whole step up. I didn't even know that Jordan made baseball cleats, so. Well, you yeah. know, he was almost an MLB player. Yeah. And that was actually, I mean, going back to the doc, I guess. <laughs> yeah, a little tangent. The Terry Francona. I thought that was a perfect transition. That was perfect. That I was waiting for the whole time because I knew that he was his manager. And I knew that he had said in the past that he thinks that he could have made it. But I didn't realize that it was also even at that age, if he had stuck with it, he could have made it at like 34, 35. I mean, obviously, he would have been like a big draw. But he is that his skill was, was good enough the effort into it i mean he had a 13 game hitting streak and then they started throwing him only curveballs and it just proves it just proves to me that like if you're just not a born and bred baseball player like coming out of like like when you're growing up and then out of high school it is extremely hard to play the game of baseball at well, a, as any other athlete trying to go into the sport but do you think if he stuck with it at like 18 he no yeah yeah i'm saying like if you like give it up for so long you would have been a tall baseball player though what like six seven six? No, oh, he was not six, six, six seven. No, 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 no. He wasn't six seven. He's like six six, right? No. Jordan's six, six four. Seven. No, he's like six six, I think. Oh yeah, he's Hold six on. six. My bad. But yeah. I mean, he's like Aaron Judge size almost, a little bit thinner, but he's he's up there in height. I think that's that's the craziest thing about it. I mean, one uh, other question: Do you guys think he got suspended? No. Uh, I'm not really sure if he did, but I will say that I don't think if he did get suspended, they're not going to admit it now. Yeah. No. I also don't think that they would suspend him, like, just because it's Michael Jordan. The only logical reason that I think they would suspend him and keep it a secret is because imagine how bad for the NBA that would look. Yeah. That they're... He was star there everything. Bo- that and they're if star he had bo- a big gambling scandal like that, that would not be good for business. But is there he was I, there everything in the 90s. I feel like somebody would have found that out. Like, you can see somewhere that he was betting against himself or on his team. I but don't think he, he would, would run so deep because it would go as deep like, to his father. That would run all the way to his father. Like, yeah. is that why his father was killed? Like, you, you once you start digging that hole, like... I don't think it's worth digging into. No. I don't think it was necessarily that he was betting against his own team, but I wouldn't be betting on other games in the league. Or he was betting the Bulls, like, like for the Bulls. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. about that. I mean, in my opinion, I think it should just be legal. When you're bet for your team. I don't know. I don't think players should be allowed to gamble. Not I don't think no 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 you can't in my opinion I don't think you should be able to bet against yourself because then it's obvious like you can be like oh they lost the you shaved points I think you should be able to bet on yourself in my opinion you shouldn't be able to bet at all no I don't think you should be able to gamble if you're nah. not athlete I I think it should be legal in general but yeah in general but if you're an athlete you should yeah if you're an athlete like, next thing you know like if you're allowed to bet on your team then the next thing you know you're allowed to bet like prop bets and maybe your prop bet for the night is over under 20 points for yourself that night if you bet yourself 20 points you're gonna play the game differently well then maybe just only bet on the result at that point it's just way too much I don't know. You, yeah you can't it, it's way too complicated okay, side note how much do you think michael jordan's worth i mean i could just uh, google that his entire state like just 
himself. Did you just look it up and see if we can guess no, it? No, because I looked up, the Wikipedia page came up, and I just saw it, and I couldn't believe it. All right, so we were wondering, we worth. have to guess? Yes. He's an owner of a team, isn't he? Of, of the Hornets, he's right? Not a whole, he's not a total owner. He's like a partial owner, yeah. though, right? Partial owner, I guess. Yeah. Just guess a number. He might might be like 1.2 billion, I'm going to say. Close. I was going to say 1.5. One four. Two point one billion. Oh my gosh. The rich man. Could you imagine being worth two point one billion dollars? No. There's no other player that's in that range, I don't think. No. Former player either. No. No one's making that much money. And it's funny because it's not in his basketball salary. It's everything else. Oh, that's all endorsements. It's all after the fact. He made more money from like McDonald's than he did probably from basketball he had a huge mcdonald's deal yeah can you like can you like see anybody having a mcdonald's deal anymore no well i don't think athletes want to represent mcdonald's no that's what i'm saying like mcdonald's back then was just like hey come have a burger come have like anything it would be like 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 a healthy restaurant like uh, subway might try to have subway no yeah we've seen like Like, i remember when nfl players did subway yeah (laughs) you'd see like steph curry on like a sweet cream commercial uh, Donovan McNabb on the Chunkies commercials. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Remember there was a big De'Aaron Fox debate about what a burger and an out What was that? De'Aaron Fox a while ago started a huge internet controversy about what's better, what a burger or in and out I haven't had either of them. I, I can't them. say. I haven't had either of them either. Haven't you had Whataburger, Mike? Yeah, when I was in Alabama. Alabama. It's fantastic. I don't see any of them being better than Shake Shack, so... I love Shake Shack. Shake Shack's great. burger is the superior fast food burger. Shake Shack? I don't know about that, dude. I love Five Guys. Guys, what about Hardee's? Smash Burger's really good, too. (laughs) Those aren't fast food places, Sam. Five Guys. Hold on. Yes. Hold. We're not talking... Okay. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. This is making this is making any restaurant where you go up to a counter and you order something and they give you a number, you wait a range from ten like from like two to fifteen minutes. That is no, it's not. I can get you can get a whole ass pizza within like ten minutes out of like an Italian restaurant. Okay, any pizza that's made in ten minutes is not a good pizza. Ten minutes. Wait, I'm sorry, I got lost. Which which fast food restaurant are we talking about here? Five Guys. Five Guys is fast food. Five Guys is fast food. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It takes them on like like a fifteen. Sometimes it takes them like fifteen minutes to make a burger. No, I, I've I honestly mean, been there where it took like twenty. You can eat peanut shells and throw them on the floor. It's fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like, experience. You have a peanut allergy. It's a detriment to your life. To <laughs> yeah. Do not step foot in, in Five Guys. They use peanuts for everything. Oh. Yeah, it was. It's. I didn't have five guys until my sister went to college. <laughs> Unless it has a dollar menu, it's not fast food. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, it's definitely that's... on the more expensive side, that's for sure. I remember when people used to t- like, some people try to tell me if it has a drive through, it's fast food. I'm like, um, no. Yeah. I, no, I agree with that. There's a certain price point yeah. and a certain quality cap that you distinguish between fast food, and there's not even a category for it. It's sort of just like the between sit down and fast food like well chick-fil-a is a bit more on the expensive side five guys i spent 15 dollars on my meal at five guys have you ever heard of spending 15 dollars in a fast food restaurant ever 
I, I, spent, I live on Long Island. I Everything have, is expensive. I, I mean, I mean, it was a lot of food, but I spent like fourteen dollars at Taco Bell yesterday. <laughs> I spent I spent eighteen at Arby's the other day. <laughs> Why'd you go to Arby's? See, that's the real issue. No, okay. no, 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 no! Don't get me started. Arby's is fire, dude. And why are you vendoling your mother like about this? deli meat at um, your local because, grocery store and make a better sandwich than Arby's? Nah, because I asked my parents to buy it for me because they bought their own food when I was out fishing. And he's like, yeah, sure. So I went out and took the card, and I, they said the price. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, I didn't know I ordered that much food. And so I used her card and then paid, like, half of it to her. Believe it or not, there's a question about the documentary I want to get to. I think it's probably the best question postdoc that I think has been asked the just grand, on Twitter that I've seen. It's the grandest is, question. Who's the next player to get a documentary like this? Uh, Kobe. I think Tom Brady should. Oh, wait. Wait, basketball or, or sports? Any any sports icon. I think a Tom Brady Tom Brady. Nasty one would be pretty cool. I'd love to see a last dance doc like that. The thing about that is there's not enough happening off camera and for one, they never recorded it. Yeah, you can't get enough footage for it, but you can still make it work. You yeah, can you can. If you record him for his entire first season with the Bucks, I, like I, with the Buccaneers, I think it could be very interesting. Oh. Yeah, but no one wants to watch him with the Bucks. That's oh, that's that's no, 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 unless you're from New England. So what? No, people want to. I don't. I don't think you're talking about Tom Brady. I, I guarantee uh, you. You're talking to me if there wasn't. Oh, if there wasn't like a ten-part docu series and two of those episodes were about eight, you wouldn't watch that. I want to see in, some in-depth. There's interview. no ten-part series. Not every documentary has to be a ten-part series. Like eight. I'm just saying, if there was to be one of these documentaries about another player, sports icon, who would it be? I That's think Tom Brady is the answer, though. Tom, Tom Brady's Brady, the yeah. best. You want enough where it'll work. He's the best QB in NFL. I think history. Tiger Woods you can possibly do too. But I'd love to see a Tiger one. That's dramatic. Tiger oh, Woods. What about Wayne Gretzky? No, no one's gonna watch I a have fucking the footage, and he's old. Mm. Uh, excuse me, speak for yourself. Yeah, like no, get out of here. Yeah, old, how the? Old. Let me ask you, how the hell are you from Boston and you're not a hockey fan? I don't understand that. That's a great question. No one gives a shit about hockey, though. I'm telling you. That's not true. Boston's, Boston's a hockey town, hockey town all in this country. All right, here's the thing. Boston is a hockey town for, but I would say you need to be off. And I, I'm trying to find the right way to explain this. There is no but way to explain it. You're just I'm weird. Just, give, me a, give me a second. <laughs> give me a second. Tell me right or wrong. The NHL of the top four big sports is probably the least popular would you say that's relevant to the point hold on no no yes it is let me get to it no it's not because you're from boston and the four crucial elements of boston is baseball basketball hockey and football hold on are are any of you from boston no No. i am i will say um excuse me i'm a hockey fan so i think i have an opinion so am i I, growing up in the boston area i will say that most people are Either one, either only a Patriots, only a Patriots and Red Sox fan, a Patriots, Red Sox, and Celtics fan, and then there's the people that are all four, and then there's the people that are only Bruins fans. Now, I will say there are a lot of hardcore hockey fans that like the Bruins, love the Bruins, and treat it religiously, but that's not everyone. It's a now the people who go to the garden who, who who go to games they're rowdier than anyone else, like 
Like, yeah. I'll even admit, like... You have to go like, all around the NHL, team. though, because it's so expensive to go. Not in, like, Arizona. Or, like, Florida Panthers, but, like... <laughs> no, the Panthers. People yeah, the Panthers. sell it out. And when you're there, Bruins games are definitely rowdier than Celtics games. Like, the fans are definitely crazier. And the people who like it really, really care. But I would say that of the general population would cares more about the other three teams. I mean, when you have one of the the recent success of the other three teams, going way back to like the 60s and the big bad Bruins, Boston will always be a hockey town at heart. But are you telling me we we weren't a basketball town in in the 80s when Larry Bird was in town? I'm talking about what what our roots are. We were originally a hockey town, so you can't... We were a baseball yeah. 1920s, bro? Come on. <laughs> no, I, think- I, I would say Boston is more baseball, uh, hockey, and hockey, and then basketball. And I think they've only recently become a football town since the 90s. Yes, I agree with that. Because they, they weren't shit before Drew Bledsoe got there. Or before yeah. their first Super Bowl appearance. I, no, no, I agree with that. We are not. We are going to be tested this season on our fandom. We're going to see how the Patriots' local Nielsen ratings do in the next. 10 this years. was not the question I asked first and foremost. That's the true test. We told you, Tom Brady. Yes, Tom Brady, and then it, that's what I said. That's what I'm saying. And then Sam said Tiger Woods. Yeah, I'm all for a Tiger doc. And I said Gretzky, but like that's probably not going. It just can't happen. Well, like, tell me I'm wrong, though. I mean, I don't think the ratings for a Wayne Gretzky doc would do nearly as good as a Tom Brady or a Tiger Woods doc. I'll tell you what, Sam. Right now, as a Patriots fan over the last 20 years, I'm probably... I'm fucking going. This is probably the first opening... I'm probably more... Ex- I've never been more excited for a week. I'm very excited. I think Jared Stewart... I'm the only one I've <laughs> I like him a lot. He beat the Alabama team that won a, a natty in 2017. That's what I've been saying. Like... Here's the thing. There, there's a, there's an air of uncertainty around the Patriots for the first time in my life, and it's made it such a dramatic time in my life that I'm absolutely loving it and thriving off of it. Just the, the whole thought of, like, rebuilding. There's always an expectation for the Patriots where when they lose, it's just crushing because you know that they can win. We're on house money, Sam. Exactly. I mean, now there's almost no expectations, and I honestly think that they can win 11 or 12 games. Bill Belichick hasn't shown me otherwise where no matter who's at quarterback, we're not going to win. Jacoby Brissett has been proven to be a, a good quarterback. Under- Jacoby Brissett's a better quarterback than Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham. You don't know who Jared Stidham hasn't played enough. He's though. played in the preseason. Like did- He was good in the preseason. If you had the opportunity – no, answer me this question. Would you rather take Would you rather take Brissett or Stidham right now? Who would you pick? For next year, I'd rather take Brissett. Right. Yeah. It's a question you can't ask because no one knows what the no hell one Jared knows, is going to be. No one knows how good Stidham's going to be. In college, though, he was a very good – We don't know anything. Player. We don't know anything. It's just exciting. All we know is that Bill likes him, so we like him. Players like him, too. He's very re- regarded among his teammates as well. The only thing we know about Jared Stidham is that Bill Belichick has confidence in him. That's enough reason for me to be confident in him. No one else knows a damn thing about the kid. We don't know how good he's going to be. We don't know how bad he's going to be. I think he's going to be good in prime time, too, because he played Texas high school ball, which is basically prime time for that's, them. That's like the biggest stage ever for any kind of high school football. Exactly. So he knows what it's like to be the big time. He has the hottest wife in the NFL, by the way. 
he was highly regarded before he went to college, and he played really well at Auburn too. I think people discount how well he played in his last couple seasons at Auburn. Still only played four. He only only played the preseason. No one knows anything about Jared Stidham at all. I still, I still think you guys could have done a better job so far this offseason. We just saw, we just re-signed Patrick Chung to a two-year deal today. Yeah, how yeah. old is he? Is he just, like, not, like, old at all? Like, does he just have, like, is he, like, immortal? Yeah, immortal? Well, well, that's why it was only two years. <laughs> a two-year contract is, like, kind of long. Not long, but, like... It's at like this point in your career, at this point in your career, like that's like decent. Like I would expect, I would be like one year deal. Like ah, oh, okay, yeah, two years. I was like, huh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Thirty eight games. Oh, I was like, what do you mean? Okay. The Patriots are the youngest they've ever been right now. They're still one of the oldest teams in the, in the NFL. I'm pretty sure, yeah, yeah. aren't they? So are the Eagles. Mm. I just, I'm excited. I think Bill Belichick's probably excited too. He probably can't wait to have a fresh start and. I'll say this: if if the Patriots have a good season this year, does it look better on Bill Belichick or worse on Tom Brady? Better on Bill. Better you can't. Bill. You can't take. You can't take anything away from Tom. Literally, it's only the true haters that are like, "Oh, he's a system quarterback. He he wouldn't do anything without Belichick." It's like shit. It's like stop. Yeah, Jackie, stop saying that. It's wrong. Never. He would, I, I will say this. If they were not together, I think each of them wins at least two rings by themselves. Like, with those yeah, types of teams. There's to say about that. If, if, if Tom Brady truly is a system quarterback, then you can just rename the Vince Lombardi trophy to the Bill Palachuk trophy. No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. This is where I will side with Jackie. It will always be the Vince Lombardi trophy, and Vince Lombardi is the best team. He is the best coach ever. I don't think so. Case in point. Dominated one. Vince Lombardi's the greatest coach of all time. I will never change my mind on that. Thank you, Clay. Well, I'm just saying, you can either pick one. You can't have both. Okay, if a New York fan and a Philly fan agree on one thing, it should never be changed. And we happen to agree on this one thing, so we're correct in this scenario. And you are wrong. Here's the thing. You can't say Tom Brady's a system quarterback and then turn around and say Bill Belichick isn't the greatest coach of all time. You can't have Vince both. Lombardi's the greatest coach of all time. You have to pick one. You can't have both. Bill's the second or third best. He might be third best, honestly. he's not. He might not be second. Okay, who else? Who else is better? Yeah, who Don else? Shula? Mm. People forget that Bill Belichick is an eight-time Super Bowl champion. He is. He didn't even just win the six with the Patriots. He won others as a coordinator. Won with the Giants as a defensive coordinator. I don't know. All I'm I, saying is, you can have one. You can say Tom Brady's a system quarterback, or you can say that Bill Belichick isn't the greatest of all time, but you can't say both. Because then you're just discounting 20 years of dominance. And saying the 20 years of dominance belongs to, like, craft. Like, that doesn't make sense. That's just not true. You have to give either one the credit. You can't not give either one credit. I can give Bill Belichick credit without saying that he's the greatest coach of all time. Mm, he does have Bill eight Belichick eight is days. a great coach the second greatest coach of all time I don't like the guy but he is same with Tom Brady yeah he's a system quarterback that's what I think but he's a damn good one I don't like him but I, I don't, don't think he's going to do this year I have no idea he's going to be fine he's, he's, got he's, he's got a damn good offense he's got a lot of receivers to throw the ball to and good running back yeah, 
I'm excited. To, I'm honestly excited to see him play too. I think Brock was on that plane a little too fast. I can't wait for Week One, <laughs> the Saints versus the Buccaneers. I can't Dude, wait to see. That's going to be there. such a great game. It's going to be such a good. I can't believe how excited I am to see him. Unless, play. unless the Saints all of a sudden just like are like shit again, like out of nowhere for some reason. They no, t- they've well. done that a couple times where they're like really good, and then all of a sudden the next year they just like were like average. I think uh, this might be um, Mike Evans' best fantasy season too. Probably it was probably last year to be honest. Even how injured he was. Yeah, may- maybe I'll draft him again this year and just not trade him. <laughs> Mike Evans, he's so injury prone. What do you guys yeah. think of this uh, this trade I made week three last year? I traded um. Was this our league? What? Was this our league? Not, not in our league. Okay. In my main league, my my money league. You guys are just my side league. Sorry. Um, who was it? I fucking traded on... Um, oh, shit. I don't remember what running back it was. Oh, this is very interesting. Damn, hold on. I got <laughs> Cortland Sutton and Lamar Jackson for Aaron Rodgers and some random running back. I forgot who it was. Freeman? Good work. Yeah, and and it ended up working out pretty well because Lamar had just played, like, two good games, and we weren't really sure how good he was going to be yet, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pull the trigger because Aaron Rodgers was playing like crap, so I traded. Actually, no, I think it was just Rodgers. It was just Rodgers for Lamar Jackson and Cortland Sutton. Sam, you don't know what you just did. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything. Because she, cause she had a look, and then he made a look, and I can just see them, both of them. They're ready to go. I just looked at Mike's face before I made it. <laughs> what about Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> before you guys say anything, or if you do, Rodgers made it farther in the playoffs than Tom Brady did. How did that happen? You're from, like, Long Island, right? Yeah, I'm actually Italian, and my dad and Vince Lombardi went to the same college, and he's a Packers fan. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. So you have personal bias in this too? Oh, so Bill Belichick is the best coach of all time. Come on. <laughs> no. no, he's not. He's third best. He be- he's third league, best. Single-handedly, he's, he's not. He's third best. Second best. Third. I'll give him second. Nah, Don Shula has the most wins of all time, and he played play, a small. Right? He played a, sh- a shorter schedule. Really? Clay went from hungry dogs to salty dogs real fast. What do you mean salty? You have to be so salty to say that Bill Belichick's not one or two. No. We Hold beat on, wait, wait, we we quick. beat you Jack, in the second game. That, I have nothing to be salty Rogers about. Had a good season last year because I wait, what? Tell me that Aaron Rodgers had a good season last year and I wasn't. He had an okay season. I wish he played better, but he didn't have a shit season. Yeah, he did. He had a terrible season. <laughs> no, he did not. He, did not hey. he was an average No, wait, wait, wait. Best. Odds he winds up on the Patriots within the next year or two. You're I don't think that Instagram like. Then Mike is going to be like, oh, shit, I got to root for him now after talking shit on him for so many years. You're just looking at Instagram edit. <laughs> I see those edits all the time. No, I saw it on Bleacher Report, man. Person. Come on. It's possible. It makes no sense for the Patriots. Let's be realistic. Jared Stidham plays like shit, and they don't have any other choice. The Packers want to go with love. Under the Patriots' what? current such under the Patriots' current scenario, where we're quite obviously rebuilding, it makes no sense to sign a thirty-six-year-old Aaron Rodgers. What if Aaron Rodgers plays till he's forty-five? If he stays healthy, I don't think he can because he's had so many like he's had because he's just a different quarterback than Tom Brady because like they're just. 
Well, he's always he, Tom Brady's always had a good line for the most. I don't part. think I don't think Aaron Rodgers would fit under Belichick's system because he just seems like such a. You mean Josh McDaniels system? Yeah, like a like a escape the pocket, throw it to whoever's open. That's not Belichick. So it's Josh McDaniels. Do it on the fly. That's not the Bill Belichick style. Josh McDaniels. Think. It's not really the Josh McDaniel style Thank either. You. I would say yes. Okay, fine. Yeah. No not offense, fine. but I get annoyed when people say, "Oh, it's all Belichick." Belichick is a defensive-minded coach. I think a lot of people forget that it's Josh McDaniels, and here's why Tom Brady's not a system quarterback because he didn't have Josh McDaniels as his quarterback or as his coordinator throughout his entire career. So, huh. sorry, Jackie. I'm not a Patriots fan, but like. I had to. I had. To. Were we talking about Michael Jordan at one point? I just used a reaction. Uh, for a little bit, I think. Wow. Wait. Wake up. Sam, you're f- you're like you're just like almost gone. <laughs> I'm right here. I'm, <laughs> I'm in the Joker Funland. <laughs> the Joker Funland. Yeah, this is from uh, Arkham City. Speaking wait, of which, wait. I haven't seen the recent Joker movie yet. Somehow. What? I still haven't seen that movie. Well, this isn't from the movie. This is no, from, I know. Uh, I was just like, it's just like. It's a good movie, though. I highly recommend it. I saw it. That's the one uh, R-rated movie I've ever seen where they actually checked my ID before I walked in. It was very strange. <laughs> I, I went um, at school in Amherst, and the lady who is uh, taking our, you know, you know how they like rip the ticket and you walk in or whatever. The lady who was doing that was like, "Oh, can I see your your ID?" I'm like, uh, <laughs> "All right." Fine. You know what's something that I always actually like have fun doing is when I was when I worked at a bar, um, in town. I like you like it's a VFW, so you absolutely one hundred percent have to ask everybody for ID no matter what. Even though they obviously are like gray haired and bald, and I go, or if it's somebody, I go, uh, you know, I just gotta be safe here. Can I have, can I check your ID real quick? And it's just like it's like they all they laugh, they have a good time. It's just like it warms me to make them feel good. You know, be the I mean? one who IDs sixty year olds to make them feel good about themselves. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Well, if you're working at a VFW, like it's probably like I mean, there's no. You know. I was making. You'd be a joke. so. You'd be surprised at how many 20, 20 some and thirty some year olds actually are at that one. Yeah, the best is when you're in a different country and you try to get into a club and they're like, "Can I see your ID?" And I'm like, "Yes, I will show you my vertical ID, real <laughs> one from Massachusetts, right?" And they're like, "Oh, that's fake, man." Like, "Oh, this is fake." I'm like, "Bro, call the freaking RMV right now. <laughs> Tell me it's fake." You almost have to bring, like, your birth certificate. Yeah, the crazy thing is... Well, in Mexico, I have not been ID'd, and I've ordered alcohol since I was 16. Yeah, they don't... You don't ask girls sometimes. You can go to, like, restaurants, too, in America, and sometimes they just won't ask. Because if you order it at, like, a, a restaurant, sometimes they'll just assume that you are 21, and you're not gonna be just trying to bring casually. <laughs> Here's a question. Out out of the country, would you rather have a drink with Rob Gronkowski or Dennis Rodman? Um, oh, I think it would have to be. If I would have to pick Rodman, I feel like we're just gonna end up dead. <laughs> I said a drink. All right, ready. Here's the thing. I'd, I, say, I'd say Gronk personally. If I have a drink with Rodman and it gets too crazy, I'm afraid my judgment would be impaired and I'd somehow end up in North Korea. North Korea. <laughs> I can really see myself 
doing that. <laughs> Dennis Rodman, like, I know this is not the point of the question, but, like, I feel like if you if you had one too many with Dennis Rodman, I give you, a th- like, a t- 30% chance of ending up dead. Because <laughs> 30% chance of Do you think it's a high... I'll take that chance. <laughs> What's How higher? quarantine is, Very I'll take that chance. What's higher? Like, you... I would just, like... Take our shirts off and jump in a fountain. Another great part of the documentary <laughs> at the very end when he's leaving. How is this all looping back to this documentary? Like, We're I'm very good at this. Oh, Wait, bring it, like, bring it back, bring it back. We didn't, we, we didn't miss it. We all talked at the same time. When um, when at the end of the doc after they won in '98, and Rodman's like, "I'm gonna go do some illegal drugs." <laughs> <laughs> you just said that on national TV, bro. Yeah, Rodman's gonna put something in your drink for sure. I don't think he's that guy. Don't worry about this. No, I don't think he's that guy. I don't, yeah, I don't know about that, but he's crazy. He's definitely. I don't. I think it's dangerous to go out with Rodman. I would. <laughs> Gronk would be crazy, but it would be fun. Crazy. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um. I always think it's. I think it's funny that my dad remembers that specific episode of Nitro that Rodman was on. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't realize that he was on. I knew that, but like in the moment of watching it, I totally forgot. Like I was like, "Oh yeah," um, and I didn't know. I didn't know when or when it happened. I thought it was just before a game. It was WCW too. It was yeah. like the fun, like B team wrestling. It wasn't even WWE. That was like they had a legit rivalry though. I mean, at the time, WCW was pretty hot. I guess that no, was like yeah. middle of the Monday Night Wars, but. I mean, in in hindsight, just so funny to see. It's like, oh my God, Dennis Rodman on WCW. Like, okay, this isn't even a company anymore. They like, business. <laughs> he literally, he he actually like participated in like something like fighting. Like he used a he used a steel chair. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I, steel I saw that chair. He, well, well, no, no. When you're hitting people with those chairs, that's like actually hitting someone. Like that. No, yeah, a lot of that actually hurts. Like there are guys that tell stories about like they know like they put extra oomph into like moves and like some like actual punches to let the other guy know, hey, you're going too hard right now. <laughs> if you really want to see. This is for anyone out there listening to this. If you listen for Jordan, you probably tuned out a few minutes ago. But um, if you're still out there and you want to see how real wrestling can get, there's a really good yet sad documentary that Vice made a couple months ago about Chris Benoit and his life and how wrestling impacted his life and impaired his brain a bit. And he ended up, unfortunately, killing himself along with his wife and his child. But it it shows you how... um, yeah, it's 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 bad, but um, it, it it shows you honestly how damaging that lifestyle can be. Like he had a very um impaired brain. God bless him. Said he had like over eighty concussions when they looked at his brain afterwards. He had CTE. Yeah, I mean, but it it was way worse than most NFL players. They say because those guys, they're like even though it's. Uh, predetermines like they're still getting hurt they're still getting hit with like chairs and they're falling off of like big heights all the time it still hurts but they're doing it 300 nights a year and they're See, for like, years on end. like to me how is mick foley not dead i mean he's apparently losing his marbles a bit oh yeah he probably and, is and he's admitted himself there was um oh there was a, another thing that there was a great 60 minutes episode on wrestling too there was this great Roddy Piper thing when he was on it he unfortunately passed away like three or four years ago and he was talking about how he had to go back to wrestling because 
there's no union for wrestlers or like pension plan on like football or baseball or basketball. So he has to go back because he he can't retire and he's not and he said that he didn't think that he was gonna make it to sixty two, which he didn't, and it was really sad to hear. Yeah. And a lot of these guys they don't have anything else that they can do. So they have to go back to it and keep putting this damage on their bodies and a, a, a lot of them died really early. Unless you're like a John Cena, The Rock, or Triple H. And you get like protected at that high yeah. level. Or you have other stuff to do, or like Randy Orton, or you have exactly, other outside exactly. stuff to do. But like a lot John of these Cena guys so aren't making as much money. They have to put their bodies on the line for so long. And when people would like talk about like how soft it is and it's fake, like they really have no idea. Yeah. Like, he Mick Foley jumped off that one cage that's extremely high and just falls to the floor. Like, through, like, yeah. a breakaway table, but, if like, it still doesn't hurt or tickle. The, oh, what year was that? It was the Undertaker-Mick Foley-Hell in a Cell match in, like, the late 90s. Oh, that was crazy, man. Yeah. There was a there's a documentary on Netflix about... Uh, I think it's called Beyond the Mat. Nah, it's, and it's good. It's good. You saw that? Yeah, and, like, yeah, the, the end, Mick Foley... Like, Dude... Dude... I got like so like sad and when his kids, kids were like crying. Yes, watching him. That was his awesome. wife. I was like, holy shit! Like his son was like his little boy was even like like he couldn't be in awe of like his dad as wrestler. Like he was like frightened and scared for his life. There's nothing more sad than the end of that documentary when they showed Nick Foley the footage of his kids watching his match and them crying watching him getting hit with the chair over and over again by the Rock. Like, jeez. Yeah. And then like. It goes into it trying to, like, be like, oh, he's fine, because, like, they're, like, hugging it out, and, like, hey, it was a great job, blah, blah, blah. But it's, like, those kids are, like, halfway traumatized. It's traumatizing, yeah. It's tough to watch when you're a little kid. So, uh, Michael Jordan, right? Should make some closing re- re- remarks on it, and, uh... I think it yeah. was one of, the, like, a, gr- a very good documentary... I think obviously it has its biases, and I think it's the most relevant the Bulls will ever be until they finally have like a good team again. And I think it's even more relevant than like the Derek. You're saying Zach Levine's not the second coming. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, my boy Wendell Carter is about to pop off. Just wait and see. My boy Wendell. Yeah. Love him. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I thought it was really. It was fun to watch. It made the coronavirus a lot more entertaining. Terrible. Yeah, well, Wait. I've got five more months until I can go back to school. Or us three. Wait, stop. I don't... Apparently, UMass is making an announcement at the end of June about what they're going to do. Hopefully, we go We back. made a decision before too early. I know. I knew as soon as... I knew we're they never were going to go back in September. You don't know that. Yes, I do know that. How? You never answered that when I asked you the first time. I don't think it's possible for them to move it before October 5th anymore. No, it's not. Yeah, no, I don't think so. That's why they should have waited. They can't say one thing and then change their mind, I don't think. It's going to be August 1st. This might have all blown over. Not blown over, but, like, everything might be okay. And we're going to be sitting here scratching our nuts like idiots. Like, we could have have fans in in stadiums by August. No, we're not going to be on fans in stadiums this year. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way for the rest of this year. We can't gather in groups of tens of thousand yet. Like it just won't happen. 
Yeah, yeah. Nah, it's not gonna happen anytime soon. At least until like 2021. Like, I'm just grateful that we get to go back and I don't have to take microeconomics on my laptop. Microeconomics is the shit. Do you think God to advance sports production? All right, this is an interesting. This has. High five. Wait, one of my um, one of my friends was telling me about this. He was talking about how college parties might not be the same anymore. Yeah. Like big crowds and like people going to bars and people going out. Hey, we I mean, like, we, hey, we, imagine, uh, imagine going to Moonies during the yo, I, I'm, I am sure they're, I'm sure they have run out of business. <laughs> Everyone's getting the virus at Moonies. If you go, jeez. Hey, we, we got the three fifteen. We got the three fifteen people, so we're chilling. This is true. We may not ever have a reason to leave their house. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I think it's. The real question is, can Mooney? The real question is, can Moonies survive financially through the pandemic? No, no, they're done. <laughs> they're done. Oh, Silky's my chance. I'm just pl- I'm no, just no. Sil- Sil- Silky's and that other one across the street will probably be fine. I'm praying for Sammy's. <laughs> oh, 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 Honestly, most of Ithaca's small businesses are probably screwed because yeah. not only is it tough with the coronavirus. But like because there's no students there, mm. which is what I think. Yeah, I think I think they got like the short stick of a lot of like the regulations because Ithaca is vastly different than like Long Island, Westchester, or, like New York City. Well, like our governor like split it up now. So like, now, upstate, yeah, like, now. But the last little, what two and a half months, like they, like a lot of people could just be like screwed. Yeah, but the Tompkins County like public health officials being a real dick. Yeah. They had like what, like maybe a hundred cases, probably. I doubt they had fifty. Yeah. No, okay. Casey said it was pretty high when I last talked to him, but like it wasn't like Long Island. Nowhere in the country is like where I'm living currently. Yeah. We have twenty over twenty two thousand cases. Really? Damn. We have my county has a bit over a thousand deaths right now. It's pretty tough. Massachusetts is getting hit hard too. Yeah. they're all nursing home deaths. Yeah, the governor. All right, we're getting a little political here. The governor screwed up by putting patients in freaking nursing homes. That makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, those are incubators for the virus. Exactly. New York, PA, California, and Michigan. They're all like stupid. My mom's retirement community amazingly hasn't had a single case yet, which still baffles me. I'm gonna. Knock on some wood over here, but yeah, please, I'm not. Like, why did you say really, that? really? I'll wild. knock on wood for you too. I got you. A scary level. They're doing amazing. It's crazy. <laughs> she's working there, and she's um, she's like a, a manager there, and she has to like wear like the glass mask and like all this like crazy stuff. A lot of those residents have like do not resuscitate clauses. They're all quarantined. All they, um, that makes me so mad. They refuse to go to hospitals, so they're all dying. Yeah. They all um are quarantined in their rooms. My grandmother lives in a in a community in Hingham, Massachusetts, and she's left her her four times in the last like month and a half, which I couldn't even imagine doing. Yeah. Such a small space. It's ridiculous. I know a lot of elderly like people who died here. Like my friend's grandpa died from it in a nursing home. It was pretty bad. Yeah, if you're old and you get it, it's 
my dad has to wear like three my dad's a surgeon he has to wear three masks when he's doing surgery now and he gets his temperature checked every time he walks in the building i believe nuts i believe it yeah i want to get tested i'm honestly convinced that i might have had it i got tested today oh really did you get the big result no, because, like, they took a lot of blood. I watched it happen. They took, like, three things. This wait, week. wait, wait, wait. You have to get blood drawn to get tested? Was it the COVID test or the... Or the antibody test. Oh, yeah. oh shit. That's the one the I want. The actual COVID test, like, if you have it, is a nasal swab. Uh, My mom had mm. to get it to go back to work. Mm. They didn't give you a cookie. And they didn't good. give me a cookie. Oh, that's... that's... That's had, probably it's probably very unsanitary considering I like, got checked, COVID I got, patients walking in this lab. And they're just gonna have yeah, cookies out. Yeah, that's probably I, not a good idea. I've seen videos of that. I got tested for strep once, and that like was hard. And like fit, getting fit, fitted for a mouth guard is like awful. And these tests that I've seen with the nasal shit, no. Oh my god! I'm do you see how long like on. the cotton swab is? And they go like almost like three quarters of the way down. That's like yeah. how do you do my mom that? Said it like they were poking at her brain. She thought she was gonna die. The National Guard came into my mom's work at, at like this retirement community. And they had to, like, these, like, big men in, like, army, like, suits and shit had to come in with these giant cotton swabs picking up their nose. That must be so degrading if you're a part of the military doing that. I mean, that's, That's, like, that's, like, the National Guard's, like, part of their job. I mean, I know, but still. (laughs) But, whatever. Yeah, no, I had to get blood work, so my, they just said we'll test it, and I was like, cool. I'm such a baby. I, I, that's the test I want to do, but like I hate needles. It took. It's not that bad. No, I know I've done it. Like I did it like two years ago, and and um, yeah. It, it, Dude, the last time you got your blood tested was two years ago. Yeah, why? I used to have to go every three months. Why? You're supposed to go every year. I don't think I've had a blood test since I was like 14. Honestly, I forget why I even no. got mine tested. Oh. No, I got mine tested because of school. And then they told me a lot of shit that had to happen, and that just didn't happen, and I wrote a letter. We're not going to get into that. What? I want to have the antibodies. I, I think it would be cool to say. Like <laughs> well, this, now they're saying people are getting it twice, so it doesn't matter. So it doesn't really matter. Did you see that, like, Lib- like Liberty University's probably got, like... A lot of students with the antibodies now. Do I have a friend that plays baseball at Liberty? Literally my neighbor. It's like three doors down. Your neighbor? He stayed, like, because he plays baseball at Liberty. And he literally just stayed on campus in his room. Yeah, I, I saw that because that I saw it I on the news the other night. I that I would do that. <laughs> yeah, it, to be yeah, honest, like, like, I, I would have rather, like, been quarantined at school than at home. You can't do that, though. Especially for yourself. In like a dorm. Like, like. Like imagine freshman year at <laughs> Wait, did either of you other two not get that joke? I didn't hear what he said. He, I didn't hear it. I said I'd rather be <laughs> quarantined at school than at home and then he goes, Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Sam still doesn't get it. <laughs> Never mind. Who does he live with, Sam? What? Oh. There you go. Hey, yeah. hey we're on. This is going on the internet. Come on. Okay, <laughs> yeah, cut that out. We didn't say any names. <laughs> we didn't say any names. That's all right. 
God, if it's implied, Jesus. Yeah, it no. is implied. No. It's implied. Come on. That's no, he, he hated living next to Jacob. Michael, you know better than this. <laughs> <laughs> I will after we go off the air, I have a hell of a, a story regarding. I think I think we've run our course. We haven't been on Jordan yeah, for agree. like a long time. That was a great tangent, I'm not gonna lie. It was quality great. content. For sure. Great grand. Sure. New podcast idea. Speak for yourself. It's just me. No cap. No cap. What? It was great. <laughs> my pastor gave this to my dad because he didn't have any room for it anymore. Yeah. You know we're in we're in with him like that sometimes. Huh? So nice. For for all of you listening, if you are, it's like a giant, like plastic eagle's head. Eagle's head. No, it's a, it's like a hat. Look, you see now it's like it's like a hat. You mount it to your car. Oh. Yeah. We did that once. Very very cheesy, but I mean, hey. It is what it is. Alright. I think that'll be all, folks. I thank you to you three for coming on. This won't be the last podcast about the last dance. <laughs> no pun intended there. <laughs> that actually wasn't a intended pun. I'm just very, right. I'm just like actually proud that that happened. I really wanted to do one. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna do one with him. I'm probably probably Tracy. I know. I wanted Joe on the on the one we fit, we recorded, but we'll never post because it was just a shit show. Um, so but he, weird. But he hasn't. But he hasn't watched all of it either yet. And I know Tracy hasn't. And I know Ben wants to be on it. So I got a lot of people I gotta get on this shit. So there's gonna be at least one more, maybe two. But any last final comments before we leave? Mike, you just look like a floating head. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> it's funny. Five guys is fast food. Cap. Yes, facts. I agree. Cap to America. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Alright. Thank y'all for listening. Peace. I'm a type of motherfucker that'll check the check, do the math, I ain't never getting robbed. Those margaritas not going on my car. I ain't about to split a damn thing for convenience sake. I'm at the restaurant working that way too. Holla, you ain't heard a little day, young elder, Jew, biz major. Fuck you know about the world he raised in. I've been saving money since a month.